It's no secret the NFL has a problem with race. Think Colin Kaepernick. Think Brian Flores. But this isn't a new problem. It's one that started as far back as the 1930s, with a ban on Black players in the NFL, with a past that informs the present. Blackballed is a new miniseries podcast from The Ringer about the four men who broke the color barrier in football. I'm your host, Chelsea Stark-Jones. You can find Blackballed on The Ringer NFL feed. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome back to What About Your Friends, a podcast dedicated to the many lives of friendship and how it's portrayed in pop culture. I'm your host, Erica Ramirez, and with me is my co-host, best friend, Stephen Othello. How's your heart today, Stephen? Um, it's like excited to wake up, but definitely know that I have a lot, a lot of things to do. You know what I'm saying? Get an yeah. opportunity to wake up and, you know, do life over, but also knowing like, oh, I got a lot to do today. Right. How's your heart? I'm going to describe it as a Kermit meme. I feel like a Kermit meme, either mm. the one that has the blanket wrapped around him because I've been feeling under the weather lately or the one that we talk about a lot offline when he's pensive looking out the window because it's raining because uh, it's been raining nonstop in L.A. So I think I'm in between those two Kermit memes, but at least I'm a Kermit meme. So I'm good. Facts. And leash, leash your mood, right? <laughs> At least I'm a mood. <laughs> Either <laughs> or. Um, so we hear and say we aren't what we do. And I do think that's true. But I think it's layered also. When so much of what you love is ingrained or at the core of what you create, especially as an artist or a small business owner or entrepreneur. But what do you think about that? So this is very interesting, right? <laughs> Because when I thought about the, this week's topics, I, it really made me think of you, right? And I think you're kind of like an expert at this. And the reason why I started thinking about it is because I, I remember how I met you, right? I met you at a time when you were working at Vibe. Um, I was managing an artist named Mickey Fax, and you were instrumental in getting him his first publication notice in Vibe mm -hmm. with Jay Electronica and Blue. It was, it was amazing, right? And then um, started working at Billboard, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you worked at Billboard, 
Hey, you unlocked a lot of opportunities for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Premieres and doing amazing articles and write-ups and all types of amazing work. When you left Billboard, <laughs> this is going back to you. <laughs> yes. did, did the relationships change with people that were reaching out to you periodically for like opportunities and like interviews and all that type of stuff? Did relationships switch? Yeah, absolutely. I went from working mostly, if not entirely, in music to taking a part-time editor job at Rookie, which is a teen magazine, and then also launching Illy, which is like all about love. So what I was covering was completely different. Even outside of just like work friends, you know, like you had work friends. There was people that you were you you worked with at Billboard, did or even like other uh you know other magazines did like it's like a little it, at the time it was like a little crew of like <laughs> yes, I of know. y'all. <laughs> yes. Did did once you left to go like um, follow other endeavors, right? Did the crew change? Did the crew environment change for you? No. By that time, the crew was very much intact, and that crew was not there within the friend group to get something more professionally transactional for one another. At that point, it was all emotional, right? We were there. We had a lot of stuff in common, clearly, because we all met through the music industry, but the music industry isn't what would kept us together. If anything, Mm. I think if those relationships now are not as close as they used to be, it's more so because of proximity and distance and kind of how we view and act in within long distance relationships, but not because we first met within this industry. There are like, you know, we talk about the circle of friends or like triangle of friends. I think the friendships I had that were mostly based off of what we could give or do for one another professionally, those have definitely changed or faded away. Copy. how did that make you feel? Uh, I mean, I think because of how I viewed what I did at the time, right? Or what I covered, was an extension of what I love, which is music. But as far as what I did, the actual job is not something that I would say I was born to do. That wasn't my purpose, to be a music editor or to work within the music industry. So I think that if relationships faded away or lessened in strength, it was meant to be. Right, right. It was was meant to be. And it also was a time and a place for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get that. I personally don't think, I don't think we are what we do, or I'll speak for myself. Mm-hmm. I think we work in what we love, or we get to work with what we love, or capitalize what we love to create, which is really hard in a separate conversation. But there's so much more that brings us fulfillment and makes us who we are. I think that you are very wise. <laughs> and- <laughs> And I think that at 30, how old are you now? 37? 37 years old, that makes a lot of sense. I think at 23, if I asked you, are you you what you do, essentially? Mm. Are you like your work? I don't know if that answer would be the same. So I remember for myself, you know, I just thought about this recently. I was like, yo... You know, I've been blessed to be able to be an entrepreneur for 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. I've been independent, freelance, everything that you call it for years. And there's times when I get I get worried, you know, naturally, you know, you think about like, will there be another check coming in? Mm-hmm. You know, the freelance game is super scary sometimes. 
I'm like, yo, what do I do if I'm not doing this? And that statement scares the shit out of me. I'd be like, I don't even know a trade. Like, I don't know how to build. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what am I going to do if I don't know, you know, if I'm not creating in this way? You know what I'm saying? So when I'm thinking like that, it does make me feel like I am what I do. Mm. When I'm trying to calm myself down, I know my worth comes in. Um, it's uh, connected to my core values and, and who I am as a human being versus like what I do for people. Um, yeah. But sometimes it feels safe in knowing like, yo, I can help. You know what I'm saying? Versus like, I need to help myself. Yeah. I've battled with those moments of feeling like people pleasing. It's like the people pleasing of it all. It's mm -hmm. like I can help because that might be all I can do versus like, um, you know, I can stand on my own and be my own man. And I've been 20 years of independent. So it's been a battle, but I've, I've God, thank God I've been able to overcome. It, it has times felt like, you know, my craft was more important than the person behind it. You know what I'm saying? Right. I can relate to that. I think when it comes to writing, right? There was, when I left Billboard, I did not have the energy or passion to write, but I only thought of writing as I, like the topics I would usually write about, which is music. And I think that I was drained. So I stopped writing. I took an editor job. I launched Illy. I wrote occasionally on Illy. So I almost... I mean, I wrote less and less throughout my career after Billboard, where I was wondering who I was if I wasn't a writer. But I was still active in all these things, right? I was now a founder of a magazine, now a creative agency. I started producing content, so I became a producer. But I still felt like it wasn't me because I wasn't writing. And I think I had to learn that one, my writing will ever be the same as it used to be because I, as a person, have also mm. evolved and have learned to manage my emotions better. So now whatever, however I express my emotions in writing, it's going to sound and feel different. And then also there's so much more I can do if my purpose is still the same, which is creating you know safe spaces to express love. Mm. So I have to, it was still uncomfortable and it still is uncomfortable. When sometimes I'm asked like, oh, what's the last thing you've written? And I'm like, I can't remember the last thing I've written. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. But I've done all these other things. Or also, you know, this conversation that we have is what, what do you create that you keep for yourself? Which I think we don't talk about publicly or with people because then maybe the people pleasing, like you mentioned, comes into play. Which is like, all right, maybe I should show this to people. Maybe I should make something out of this. So technically, yeah, I am writing. I'm just not writing at the moment for the public. But right, I can right. relate to the question of who am I if I'm not doing this that I've done mostly my entire life. Yeah, there was there was times I would go back to my neighborhood, my old neighborhood, and they would ask me about things I haven't been associated with in 10 years mm. because that was their connection to me. Mm -hmm. So I stopped going back to my neighborhood because <laughs> I did, I felt almost like a pressure to to be all of it, right? The all of my, I, I, it's almost like you have to be all of your careers mm -hmm. at any given moment. All of those roles you that see. you once were in, yeah. Yeah, because it's like they know you from a certain point in life, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I came in the, in the industry with my own magazine, right? I started it in 2005, Laced Magazine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I stopped in 2008. It was three years of my life. And then 
I'll go into my my old neighborhood in Harlem and they'll definitely be like, yo, so when's Lace coming back? And now you feel almost like a pressure <laughs> in 2023. Absolutely. You should bring mm-hmm. that back. So it almost kind of discredits everything that you've done to right. get to where you're at at this current <laughs> moment. Because right. their connection to you is this. And they thought that was the special part of you, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's uh that can be tricky. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then so I've, 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 I'll end up like uh, just avoiding it totally. So I, I switched. Uh, I switched uh, barbershop stand. I'm blowing it up. I switched barbershop. <laughs> I, sw- uh, I had to switch betrayal? my barber, man. This is betrayal Damn. you're admitting to on this podcast. Yeah, it was like, felt like a lot of pressure to be what he wanted me to be in that moment. He probably didn't mean it in that way, but, you know, I just couldn't be that anymore because I wasn't at that space anymore. Yeah. Well, how has your craft, what would you say your craft is? Uh, I'm like a Swiss army knife, right? Okay. Like I've been, I've been so many different things out of necessity. Mm-hmm. You know, I started in the, in the industry. I wanted to be like an A&R and um, I found an artist. I was able to do that for him and we didn't have a, a cameraman. I picked up a camera, right? We didn't have a publicist. I went on the internet and started like reaching out to people via email. I became the publicist. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have a creative director. I became a creative director. I feel like I'm more myself as a creative director. I'm actually really proud of myself because this is the first year where my focus has been solely on myself mm-hmm. creatively. You know, because usually creatively or in business is like towards other people. But this one is... This is for the first time after, you know, in, I'm turning 40 and, you know, 40 years of my life, it being all about me. And I'm proud to be able to say I'm not a Swiss Army knife. I'm actually a one trick pony. Hello. <laughs> Did you just think of that right now? <laughs> mm-hmm. I am. Because, you know, like, you know, we, we, we've been trying to make shit like that cool for our whole life. Right. Like Kanye, he's a producer and then he's a writer and then he's like mm-hmm. a, a director, create. It's like we've we've been trying to make doing everything cool and I've been doing that. But I always want to feel I always want to know what it felt like to just be able to focus on one thing and be really Mm -hmm. good at that. Yeah. You know, even before this episode, I don't think I thought about what my quote unquote craft was or what I would consider myself. I think if I had to label it, I would just say creative, which, you know, for someone who hasn't written for a publication might be a little hard to accept, but I think everything I work on is a project that I've either created, thought of, or produced. Like I think it's it's all I'm all in from all different mm-hmm. angles when it comes to what I create now. You know, it's interesting. My therapist says uh, instead of creative, she says artist, which it's not easy for me to accept because when I think of an mm-hmm. artist, I think of like hands-on painting, drawing, I think of more of that type of medium. But all in all, I think she considers an artist someone that creates, which is interesting. And I like I like that because it, it it forces you to stand in your craft on a high level. Yeah. Like I like the mm-hmm. idea of being an artist. I think creative is almost it's like stand in your shit, you know, like yeah, I'm an <laughs> artist and I'm sensitive yes. about my shit. I, I want to be centered around the things that I love. It's as artist as it gets, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, you are you are an artist. I am an artist, you know what I'm saying? It's just that we gotta we can't shortchange ourselves and be like, ah, 
tippy toe around it, you know, mm-hmm. like step in it, you know? Yeah. How has your craft, now that we've defined it, had an impact on your friendships or vice versa? Um, it's interesting because I think it's connected to people keeping you in the space where they like, um, they remember you at, they felt most comfortable and vulnerable with you in that space. How I create and work these days is different from how it was years ago. So we got to understand that it's like an update, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And if you're not like accepting of that update, then it might, it might, it might cause a little friction in, in the process that we've, uh, we've had for so many years. So like in previous relationships, it sometimes it doesn't work, you know, because like they don't want to see you for who you are today. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So it's like my craft has been my craft for them, but now I have a new craft for myself. Does that work for you? And sometimes Mm -hmm. it doesn't work for them and you feel it, you know? Yeah. When I think of my craft, I think of also my business, Illy, which you know, again, is upheld by my purpose. But what comes to mind when I think of a strain is in the past, when I've shared my work that is housed under Illy, I feel like I don't get as much respect for it or acknowledgement as the work that I've done for bigger companies. And usually those projects under those bigger companies have bigger names, whether it be Mm -hmm. like artists, celebrities. And I feel like that's caused a strain within friendships where I feel like there's a lack of respect. And I will say though, that like in exploring that, I learned that I needed to stand behind Illy Firmer and like speak more confidently and loudly about it before expecting anyone else to do so. Um, Like I can't expect someone someone to love it as much as I do, but I would like for those I care about to respect it because Illy is, you know, we say this a lot, Illy's like my baby. But I think once I did, and I still saw what I felt was disrespect, that's when I would either act on it by not speaking to, or like you said, like holding back certain projects, certain ideas, even even though how much I love them, or I would actually have a conversation about, hey, I'm not sure if this is what you meant, but this is how it's coming off. But I feel like that would be what I would call a strain within my craft when it comes to friendships. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Because, you know, I feel like respect... That's all we, you know, it's, we're taking leaps, you know what I'm saying? Like the mm-hmm. fact that you started Illy and created Illy, it's a leap, you know, you're taking a leap of faith in yourself. And I think we all can relate to that at some point in our lives, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And at the very least, if, if, it, if it doesn't have a quote unquote big name on it, it's like, just respect the process of it all, you know? Right. It also takes vulnerability. Right. Right. A lot of people. And then it's courage, you know, vulnerability, courage as well. Mm -hmm. And I think courage is, you know, like vulnerability is like a word um, Mm -hmm. that we, you know, we all speak like vulnerability is like the new word. Courage is is very important. Every single day we wake up with the courage to continue, you know, Mm -hmm. on this Mm -hmm. path that we have no understanding of what the future looks like. It's all faith. And I think like that's where the respect comes in at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, knowing how sensitive we are about our shit, how close do you bring your friends in when it comes to your craft? Oh, man, that's that's really hitting home right now. Because um, <laughs> I feel like uh, friends support in different ways, right? Mm. I used to have a lot of expectations on my friends to support me exactly how I seen it in my mind. I wouldn't even communicate it. I just knew 
that they should know how they should support me because they've been my friends for these long, for this long. And I realized like that's just not how it works. You know what I'm saying? Like friendship doesn't work that way. You have to communicate how you like to be supported. And if they can't support in that way, um, that's okay as well. You know? Yeah. Friends support in different ways. I've had friends that have never bought one thing from me, but have socialized everything I've ever done. Mm. And I had to be okay with that. You know what I'm saying? I had to be okay with the fact that they wouldn't support me um, financially, but they'll support me socially. Mm-hmm. You know, or they'll, they'll speak highly of me outside of when I'm there. And that's, that's amazing. I don't put any expectations on friends being close or supporting or working together. I try not to do that. Um, when I need help, I try to communicate it to them. Uh, when I need some, I, I come to, to them fully vulnerable and, and open but no expectations on them actually doing what I need. Cause that that's how you create that. Like uh, the problem of like no one supporting you when in reality, everybody's just supporting in different ways. I got people that pray for me and they don't even tell me clearly, mm-hmm. you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and that, and that, and that might be, a, that, that might be their way. And that's good enough for me. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah. It makes me think of the saying, you know, treat others how you would like to be treated. And at surface level, that's correct, right? With kindness, but it goes deeper where you may not want to be treated or shown love the way that you show love to them, which I guess, you Mm -hmm. know, falls with communication. But I did think of that right now when it comes to showing support for your friends and what their and their craft, it all looks differently. But until you express how you would love that to be shown, they're going to do it in a way that feels comfortable for them. Mm-hmm. Right. So after this conversation that we've just had, how do you still feel about your craft and its relationship with your friends? I think it's in a, a new space, right? I think I'm I've never been this version of myself before. So I don't know how people are like engaging with me. You know, so far it's been a lot of love, but it is, it's been a lot of love from new people. You know, my new relationships are so solid. Um, and it's because they know me for who I am now, not who I was. And mm-hmm. I think that there's something really liberating about that feeling for me where like I meet this, you know, this person that I've, I've been friends with for like two years and they're accepting me for who I am now. And that's who I want to be. You know what I'm saying? And there's no reminder of what I used to do. Yeah. It's just me, me now. And that feels good. It feels liberating. It feels free. I feel free in how I create and how I work. Yeah. I think the thing that stood out for me is the whole idea of what's important when it comes to sharing your craft with your friends, no matter if they consider themselves creatives or not, is to focus in on the emotion behind whatever it is that you're creating. Mm-hmm. I love that. I really do too. I really like that. That's tight. Because I never even thought about it from that perspective. It's, we all connected by storytelling and emotion, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, thank you for this conversation. Word. Another good one in the books. You heard another uh, glass of wine in the books. You feel me? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for talking to me, Stephen. BRB, everybody, with more on the intertwined nature of friendship and craft with my dear friends, Jeff and Eric from It's The Real. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. 
I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Joining me today is Eric and Jeff Rosenthal, also known as It's The Real. My creative close friends are hip-hop sketch comedians, writers, creators, producers, and hosts of several projects and podcasts. And there's a special one that's on the way, the Blog Era podcast premiering April 19th. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) I'm very, very (laughs) proud to even say that out loud because this is something that you guys have been working on for Years? Three years. Yeah, three years. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pandemic, baby. It's <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're bringing it to the world very, very yeah. soon. Yeah. Um, which is also why I appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to me today because you took time out of post production. You chose me over your craft. And I wow. thank you. I know. Well, we are, we are very excited. It is weird to, uh, like like you said, it's weird to talk about this thing that we've been working on quietly for three years. I mean, it's like it's like a full-fledged movie. We have just been focused on this one thing. And I only know that time has passed because the seasons change and I put the air conditioner in and then I take the air conditioner out. And I was like, oh, that's happened three times since we've started this. So oh. that's... The way I can tell time is I look in the mirror and I see <laughs> just the age in my face from all these sleepless nights. That's right. Yeah. You're almost there. Almost there. <laughs> At least it almost there to let the world. Out. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, exactly. Honestly, it's it's super exciting. Um, we couldn't be more proud of this. This is this is something 
that has been long in the making and yep. very different from most of our career, which was on a weekly basis, as you know, Erica. And we were yes. way out there with our with what we were doing, and everyone always knew what we were up to. This was something where it was like, yeah, let's really talking to 150 people, yeah. 500 hours of audio. So it's been a it's been a massive undertaking. Yes, 10 episodes. It is about the. Um, the very, very important bridge between MySpace and Napster and the streaming services and uh, and all of the anonymous individuals behind keyboards who paved the way and created a, a platform for people like Drake and J. Cole and Mac Miller and Wale and Nicki Minaj and Kid Cudi and on and on. And Erica Ramirez. And Erica Ramirez. Did you keep my audio for that podcast? <laughs> Did I record? I didn't record for that. You podcast. did not record. No. Oh, I could have been famous. I now regret it. <laughs> um, so at least with this project, seeing that you guys have worked on this for so long, how has it been prioritizing this project over friendships, whether that be like communication or spending time with them? I think that one of the big things that I've learned is that the true friendships last, even though there is a lot of work going on. And I think mm. you figure out like the tangential friendships, the ones that are more business-based, the ones that are like, you know, you think are important in a pre-pandemic world where you just run into people at parties or you see them at the office or whatever the case may be. Maybe those friendships aren't the ones that you really need to hold on to and savor because if you're really knee-deep in something like work, the real friendships will last and and people will reach out and you'll reach out and you'll make it happen i think yeah. that's something i've learned yeah i think that like there there's so many things that went into the question you just asked meaning like there's the pandemic that's happening there's this work thing that's happening there's like all these shifting relationships and like how we had to like prioritize everything and so like you know in a in a non-pandemic world i think that that would have been a much tougher break with certain friendships but like because everything shut off when we were doing this like we still haven't actually like emerged from the pandemic like that's mm -hmm. the that's the key here you know mm -hmm. i think that i am looking forward to when this project is out in the world like resuming a bunch of things that i i wasn't able to do while this was going on and while the pandemic was going on yeah well I'm going to throw a very existential crisis inducing question first. What mm. would you say your craft is? Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I guess like we're storytellers. Yeah. I right? mean, that's, that's Ooh, the, yes. that's the basic and thing. And I, I think that, that look, we've had a 15 I wish year. That there was a more interesting like thing no, to say though. Story well, we were storytellers before, before like, yeah, but that's that like, became a cool buzzword. But that's what everybody said. Like, right. Oh, I'm a storyteller. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Okay. Like, you know, so same. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a creator. I'm yeah. a creator. Uh, no, we've 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 had this 15 year career in which we've done so many things, right? So mm -hmm. sketches and original music and podcasts and absurdist interviews on red carpets and you know we sold the TV show. We've done a lot of cool stuff, but if there's one thing that ties it all together, it is storytelling. And but that's I, everybody. Okay, okay. <laughs> my my thing Jeff is, is having a very strong reaction. To this, this is yeah yeah. My thing is that Let's are you sure you want to get back into the world? <laughs> I don't think the world is ready for me. I've changed a lot. I've become much more brash, but I think that, I don't know. I mean, like, I think that everybody is more than just the the thing that they do and everybody yes. can do many things. And so, you know, I think that it's all branding and it's all about like 
like it's a, it's the same reason why artists don't like genres. It's like I don't know. I just make music and like wherever it fits, it fits. Okay. Yes, I I agree with some of that, but also, Erica, I moved into the city, you know, after college, and all I knew at that point, you know, because I was living at home, were my home friends, right? Like I had college friends too when I went to Syracuse, which was four hours away from where I lived, but. When I was living at home, it was back to my high school friends. And at a certain point, I was like, oh, we don't have as much as in common as we did when we were growing up because of proximity, because it was like you went to my school and we hang out and that's what you know. But then when you get outside of it, you know, you you sort of your eyes open up to different things. I moved down to the city. And at that point, I surrounded myself with people who I really could relate to and really had grown-up interests like I had grown-up interests. And a lot of that revolved around the music industry that we live and work in. And so I have found that I appreciate when people know and can relate to the work that I do. And Mm -hmm. as I've grown older, and especially through three years of this project that has kept us inside and away from people, the relationships that are strongest, I feel like, are the ones who understand us and our storytelling, and I can relate to them. Yeah, I agree with that. That is, there's a lot there uh, that I want to talk about. Well, just because, you know, we do our, you know, individual private conversations do have a lot to do with our friends that we have, I guess, met through the music industry. And I think that I have a lot of also separate conversations of like the friends that you met within a field and the friends that you have it. And I feel like even as adults, it's different as children or as like teenagers, we made friends out of like proximity, which is kind of like you said, Eric, right? Like your childhood friends are from school. But when it comes to making friends as an adult, I think there's more intention behind it. Also, just like strengthening those adult friendships, there's a lot more intention behind it. And I think what I've been thinking about is how much my craft plays a role in these friendships that I'm maintaining. Where it's just like, if I can't talk about certain things with you, or is it if you can't really like understand or support me in a certain way, will this friendship kind of continue on? Um, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I think that kind of stems from what you were talking about, Eric. Yeah, I mean, I think that we identify, you know, all three of us by the work that we do. Mm -hmm. And that's why our friends revolve around work. But... I think that within the pandemic and within working on this project, I think that there was this realization I had where I was like, oh, these people aren't like my friends, some of them. Mm. Um, some of these people are just coworkers. And like, I never felt that because I work from home with my brother and like, you know, we're coworkers. And how can also those people be coworkers? I remember one time I was talking to my mom and, you know, a, a, a decade ago or a decade and a half ago. And I was like, man, I have so like, I, I, everybody was my friend. She kept saying like, how is every single person that you talk about? How is every single person your friend? And I, you know, we're, we're talking about a, a Facebook type world where the definition of friend has changed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my twenties, the definition of a friend versus the, my thirties and, you know, nearing my forties, the, the idea of what friendship is, is so different now like it, it's 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 a wild sort of thing but is it because of what you do because of your craft i think that it's a naivete on my own part of of you know i think it's it, i think it's it's based off my craft because 
we work alone and therefore there's a a sort of fuzzy definition of what a friend is or of what a coworker is. I'm sorry. See, I'm already mm-hmm. like screwing it up. Like a, a friend <laughs> is not a coworker. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's all it's all messed up. But yeah, so I think that like it's it's based off my work and therefore <laughs> my friendship. <laughs> well, okay, but we have very, very, very dear friends from home. Not mm-hmm. the friends I went to high school with, more the friends that like my brothers went to high school with, who I'm very close with, who some have worked with us a tiny bit, but it's not a formal thing. But they certainly understand what we do and appreciate what we do. Just like I appreciate, you know, a friend who works in technology and I appreciate a friend who works in sports and our brother works in sports. And, you know, there is that that mutual respect, but the friendship really is like based around that respect, I think. Yeah. But also, so our my my uh, best friend since I was uh, three or four, um, Greg Mayo, who's our producer mm-hmm. on our podcast, like we had always worked together. You know, he's done our music throughout the years. We've we've always had a very close and collaborative and collaborative best friendship. But like really digging in these past three years and like really working alongside one another and really like you know, spending nights in the studio, sleeping over two times a week, like that's a whole other level mm-hmm. that has actually deepened that friendship, I think. If it could, if it even could be any deeper, right? Like that, you would think that like there is no uh, deeper relationship than that one. Yeah. But yeah. But there is. Yeah. But so those friendships that are not, you would say, within this field of mm-hmm. creativity, what do you think is that key ingredient that like holds the friendship together? I, th- I think that it's l- respect, like I said, but I think yeah. it's also similar ethics and morals and values. Um, and also curiosity. And curiosity. Um, you know, uh, uh, we, we saw a friend yesterday who stopped by here who we hadn't seen in many months because we've been mm-hmm. just working 24 hours a day. And it was like no time passed. And it was it was great and wonderful because you know, we have all this catching up to do. We have all this laughter to center everything around. And there's an appreciation both for his work and Mm -hmm. him for our work. Well, okay. So, but the thing about that is that that is another childhood friend, right? And so like there Mm -hmm. is a basis in time and like time is so important, especially like, you know, friends from uh, middle school, high school and beyond. I would actually say, because I'm trying to think of like, adult friends that I've made who Mm -hmm. I don't directly work with and like, you know, even just new friends who I just make within the the last, you know, three years. And sometimes that's just like through other friends, you know, like we Mm -hmm. went to um, a surprise birthday party down in uh, Houston and out of that made like a ton of friends, you know, that, that that we had previously never interacted with in any real way. And so like that was like a really special thing. And it's like that, that those are people that I will continue to go back to. I think both Jeff and myself have, and maybe me more than Jeff, but I, I think both of us have come to this point where it's like, I can spend my full energy on those mm. friends who are closest to us rather than give that energy to every single person who, who lives under this umbrella that Jeff referred to like a Facebook friend, right? Yeah. I mean, I remember Jeff and I had the, this conversation probably at, during quarantine 
where it's just like having coming to this realization of how much effort you are putting into certain friendships and maybe those friendships not really being friendships at all or not prioritizing them. I mean, it should be said, because a lot of people who are listening to this might not know me, I was a psychopath and I was checking in on every single person. (laughs) And so like, you know, a kind psychopath. I I was, yeah, like I was a kind, I was an empathetic (laughs) Mm -hmm. psychopath. Yeah. Um, where I was uh, making sure everybody was good and like, you know, really taking care of a lot of people and realizing that, why am I doing this? You Not know? taking care of yourself. Not being a good friend to yourself. I wasn't checking in on me. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> or also, I think you also evaluated the, the energy you were given, you were yeah. being given back. I realized that from these friendships. Right. If, that's, if that's, I'm the only one that's reaching out, right. is it a friendship? That, that's yes. exactly right. Both of you are are hitting the biggest point, which is that like, okay, if it's a business friend, if it's an associate, if it's someone you run into and it's a casual friendship, you don't need to rely on the reciprocation because it won't be equal. And once you accept that, it's like, I don't know, it it lifted a great weight off of my shoulders. It was like, I don't need to wait on them to care back as much as I give. Yeah. And that's all right. Yeah. I mean, Stephen had asked me about my friendships that had stemmed from my days of working at Billboard, which were mostly filled with days of like premiering exclusive spotlighting artists. It was very much filled with, if we call them friendships, transactional friendships. Oh, man. uh, You know, and I think from early on, I was very aware that they were work relationships where Mm -hmm. like they did feel transactional. In my mind, like if we're only talking when we are working or we're only talking about work, then I would categorize those friendships as a whole separate group of people. And that's okay. But I think that's like what you guys talked about is like being okay that those friendships live in this other corner of your life. Yeah, Yeah. But like, I think that it was also tough because we were so open with everything, right? So like, there's a a reasoning for why things were so confusing, which is that we would come over, people would come over, they would do the podcast, we would talk about their lives. And then a lot of these people would sort of understand that their, their mission, which was to get on the podcast, not to be my friend, mm-hmm. was done. And mm-hmm. so like that sort of like would peter out. Like once they'd gotten the thing that they wanted, then that was like a confusing thing for me. I'd like to add another level mm. to that, which is, okay, so we've we spent the last three years working on this project quietly. So most everyone that we spoke to had the respect to not share that we were, you know, putting this out and um, that we were working on this thing and kept the details very quiet. But um, some people did find out and were upset that they weren't included. And I think that, and as we've announced this and started to roll it out, some people were like, well, you spoke to 150 people, but not me, and took it personally on I've a seen level. I've tweets, by the way. On a, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, some, and some face-to-face stuff that we've dealt with um, mm-hmm. in this time, too. But those people have um, taken it quite personally as if it wasn't a validation of them or their mm-hmm. careers or who they are as a, as a human being. And... For them, I think that they probably, and this is something that we um, attribute to this time where people do muddy up the the, the term friendship and mm-hmm. the idea of friendship. 
And so for them, they're like, well, no, no, but we were friends, right? Like, so you should give me the courtesy of just like having me on your podcast. I should be a part of this. And it's like, well, their definition of friendship may be different from our definition of friendship. Well, I think that it's also that there's a confusion in, because we put out such a broad title, it's called the blog era and everybody with a computer connection mm-hmm. feels you know, like- has access to being a part of the blog era. And so, you know, I think that some people and some, some were influential and some were not, but like everybody feels like if they're not interviewed for this thing, then we're cutting them off from history in some way. And so it's like, okay, like that is intense. It is. Yeah. But yeah. like, I think that people also just don't know the story that we're telling because we haven't announced any of the details. Right. And so it's a, it's a knee jerk reaction. I don't know that it's unwarranted. I know that I wouldn't myself do it, but like, you but know, it has come from a place that they've stated where it's yeah. like, I thought we were closer than that. And it's like, yeah, but yeah. you can't friendship can't dictate art, I guess, mm-hmm. or like collaboration in some ways. Like, it's like, if they don't fit into what we're trying to do, then it's not like I have this because of loyalty from 10 years ago or 15 years ago that I, I owe them a conversation um, to yeah. be a part of it. I mean, I think that's this is where it gets muddy of how intertwined your craft, your work is with your friendships, mm-hmm. where you yeah. have had people that are not necessarily close friends, maybe more acquaintances, come over to your home you know, and have some like deep conversations and then leave without really calling them friends to create an entire project that you lived through, you know, mm-hmm. the theme that you lived through and having people come to you and be like, I thought we were like, you know, there is such a blurred line. You guys, it sounds like you guys have done the work that, you know, sounded hard to be like, no, this is, this is a friend. This is not a friend. This is possibly a work friend which may be yeah. different well we have an excel sh- uh, spreadsheet that we we put <laughs> yeah, highlighted we, we say, different colors yeah, yeah we yeah. say this person's a friend this person is definitely not a that's friend. right yeah so and, we just um, refer to that yeah every morning yeah. eric and i have a a uh, a conference call <laughs> at 9 a.m every wednesday <laughs> to take some people off that list that's right yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i mean it, uh, another thing i think of is you know, the strongest friendships I have right now, probably the strongest friendship I Name have, <laughs> Stephen. You guys know. Yeah. I mean, also, yeah. like... By the way, Stephen... Sti- that's my way out, but yes. Yeah. Stephen is, Stephen is uh, featured on the Blog Era podcast, and we're very, very excited for people to hear his... His um, various eras. Yeah. 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 I I met Stephen at the shoot of a vibe like a vibe shoot that I was producing like he was the manager of Mickey Fax mm-hmm. and that was who we were spotlighting um at that time and I actually had like a little crush on his friend who did not pay me no mind but mm. you know mm. out of that Stephen and I became really close friends and I feel like my strongest friendships including Stephen's I guess were birthed within this field but I would never kind of rely in that field to like continue this friendship that's also what may make certain things a little blurry. Yeah, but okay. The thing about the music industry as a whole is like, you know, they're not, not everybody's a bad person, right? But it is that the the thing that draws us all together is the thing that we all identify with, which is that we love music, right? Like mm-hmm. nobody who works in the music industry doesn't like music, but like, the reason that you and Steven connect on some level is like, there's a cultural thing. There's a, 
for sure. Yeah. And so like, that's, that's the basis of all of it. You know, like that's why you're hanging out downtown. That's why you live in Brooklyn. Um, you know, at that time, like, I think that yeah. there's, there's all these things that, that there's a confluence of factors, you know? Yeah. I, um, I remember Jeff and I, you know, moved to the city, not knowing anybody in 2007. And we had been putting out these videos online. So there was a, a, a step, you know, there was a remove between us and anybody else because they just knew our faces from YouTube videos. Mm. And when we started getting invited to parties and we would move our way around and people recognized us for our work, like Loki, our friend Loki, mm -hmm. um, in the music business, he was a blogger and we went to a birthday party and he was there and he was, and we got to talking and our mutual appreciation and love for hip hop was what sparked a very close friendship that has continued to this day. And I think like it's those moments and that, uh, that, that level of appreciation for this thing of ours that we all hold very, very close is something that, you know, no matter how much time is in between conversations, no matter when we see each other in person, that that carries on. And, and it's something that's very special. Well, also there's a, um, it's, it, you know, we're, we're a bit like simpatico, like in terms of like energy, like if, if one of us was like a malcontent or like if one of us was, you know, just like a real downer, yeah, then we probably <laughs> wouldn't be around one another. That's true. Um, and I also think that there is a thing about the fact that we've all sort of moved ahead at the Together. same pace. That's right. Mm. Yep. Um, I think it's much harder when you don't, you know, some people um, will, will elevate very quickly mm -hmm. and you lose track with them because they, they can't identify with the way that you're living at that time. Like they don't have time for, for that, you know? Mm -hmm. And then there are people who we leave behind and there are people, you know, like, yeah. I, I just think that like the, the, the rate of growth has to be sort of similar as well. On the other spectrum, was there ever a time where you did have to choose your craft over a friendship? Uh, probably. I mean, like, I think that, again, uh, well, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think that maybe very early on, I mean, choosing the craft over the French, I don't No, probably not. Uh, honestly, I don't, I don't think that they, they I thought were we've ever... chosen friends over the crafts. You know, there's, mm. I, I think, I, I think a lot of people look at us and they're just like, damn, like, why aren't these guys bigger? Or why aren't these guys more successful in certain ways? And it's like, well, because we sort of wanted to be true to us and our friends and our morals and our values. And like, I could, you right. know, yeah. there's, there's one I person guess. who we, we worked with a long, long time ago who was a terrible friend and probably, you know, he's gone on to do like some successful things in his life. Right. And I bet but he valued, we, he valued attention more than friends, friends mm. like right. online. Like he, he valued the clout more and, than friendship. And we chose ourselves, our friends, our morals, our values more than what we could have done with with him on a longer basis. I mean, it's, it's just, I think at the end of the day, if we can stay true to ourselves and remain authentically us, that's good mm -hmm. for not only our friendships, but also our craft. Are there, uh, are there like pop culture references, even if it's like within music of friends, friends choosing their craft over themselves or, or is like, People choosing the craft over the friendship. I know it's been eight miles when when Cheddar Bob <laughs> is ready to shoot for his friends. Is that is that a good reference? I think that, <laughs> I, if that's well, the one that comes up for you, <laughs> Jeff. Yeah. or Tar. 
Tar is a music uh, industry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that, well, isn't... I mean, yes, technically, know, yes. Drake, no new friends, right? He's, he's sort of like... Oh, I'm you're saying that's a movie? His life no, is a movie. No, it doesn't yeah. have to be a movie. It's pop His life culture. Is a movie. Oh, right. That's what but I'm I saying. It, like, it, within the music industry, there have been friends that have chosen the business, I guess, yeah. might be different than the craft, over their friends. Yeah, like, Dream yeah. Girls. Dream Girls, uh, uh, the lead singer says... Right. Get the fuck out, or excuse me, get yeah. the heck out of yeah, here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the one of the women says, "I'm telling you, I'm not." That's right. Leaving. There you go. Yeah. Um, I I think that it is a thing, especially in hip hop, to sort of like it's isn't it isn't it funny to sort of like take a step back and look at a lot of like rap songs and albums or whatever that are like based around like hurt that their friends were not loyal or true and mm, it's just like mm-hmm. what a what a bigger sort of picture that they they put out but you know it's 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 real life yeah i really do appreciate you guys for taking the time out from this like masterpiece you guys have been like meticulously working on for several years and talking to me about friendships this is what friends do we look out for each other so yeah congratulations erica it was super exciting as we as we texted you to hear your voice on the Ringer Network, and you're Ooh. all over. You're all over many feeds, which is great, and it's it's real fun to see uh, what you and Stephen are putting together. And uh, thanks for thinking of us. Yeah, thank you guys, and thank you to Stephen for sharing with me today, and all of you for listening. If you have thoughts, feelings, or examples from your own life about the intertwined nature of friendship within your craft or work, please email us at whataboutyourfriendspod at gmail.com and we'll talk about it on the podcast. Talk to y'all next week.